Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Thursday, May the 8th. Today we're focusing on psychiatry, specifically the use of antipsychotic drugs and the effect they may have on violent behaviour and crime. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Sina Fazel from the University of Oxford. Give us the background to this paper. What's the main objective of your study here? We looked at two of the main psychiatric drug classes. These are antipsychotics and mood stabilizers. We asked a sort of simple question, which is, are they associated with reducing the risk of violent crime. And this is an important area in psychiatry because patients are at risk of uh, increased risk of perpetrating crimes and they're also at risk of being victims of crimes. But there is quite a lot of uh, interest and a large role that psychiatric services can play in actually reducing the risk of perpetrating crimes in patient groups. So we were quite interested in Um, in in looking at that question and using a large population-based database to address it. This is more background. We'll come to the details in in a second. Because I would have thought people who are psychotic are clearly an increased risk of violent behaviour that often is accompanied with psychosis. So or psychosis, I should say. So, in a way, isn't it unusual that we haven't actually measured this before? I think you're right. I think part of the problem is around the fact that um, randomised controlled trials haven't really been able to look at this in, in much detail. A lot of the most interesting patients are excluded from these trials. So, often, you know, one of the exclusion criteria is um, have you been violent in the past or suicidal in the past? Plus, these patients that don't often consent, they don't maybe complete trials. So if the only standard is, is, is the RCT evidence, the randomized control evidence, then I think this is an area where you are then, um, you're, you're, you're left with quite weak or inconclusive evidence. And that's, I mean, that's what people find. So if you review the literature, there's surprisingly few studies on violence as an outcome. Actually, the five trials that um, do seem to have looked at it look at aggression rather than violence. So aggression can mean anything from verbal aggression to um, quite minor forms of aggression. Part of it, it depends on how how one looks for evidence and what sort of evidence one 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 bases um, and how you measure it. How you measure it exactly. We've used a different approach, which is using epidemiology and pharmacoepidemiology to address this question because. It seems that randomized control trials usually aren't powered to do so, or actually the, the most interesting patients for this particular outcome are, are, are excluded. Tell us a little bit about the methodology, because this was very much a joint partnership, wasn't it, between your research program at Oxford and um, with colleagues in Sweden? That's right, at the Karolinska Institute. What we did is we, we linked a number of Swedish national registers to examine links between being prescribed uh, antipsychotics or mood stabilizers, individual psychiatric diagnoses, and then subsequent criminal convictions over a four-year period. These linkages can be done because in Sweden there is a unique uh, identification number which um, an individual has which enables linkage quite accurately between these registers. And then we also um, linked to other registers, provided us with some information about socioeconomic background factors we used to control for some of the associations that we found. It's a, it's a population-based linkage study. It's quite large. We, we looked at about 4 million people to see whether they're on antipsychotic treatment or mood stabilizers and then in that four million, uh, in that population of four million, we found 82,000 uh, individuals who were prescribed these medications. One of the novel features, relatively novel features of the study, is what we did um, is that we compared the same individual when they're on medication to compare compared to when they were not on medication. What a lot of pharmacoepidemiological studies do is they compare people on medication to compare to people who are not on medication. And the problem with that is that 
they're two different groups and they have very different background risks. What we try to do was was, was something different where we, we look at the same person and measure the rate of violence when they're on their medication compared to when they're not. And that's a way of trying to account for factors that remain constant in the same individual. So it's a more, I think, robust way of doing this type of work. Tell us about the findings. They're fairly clear-cut, aren't they? They are. When people are on antipsychotic medication, we find that um, violent crime rates fell by 45%, and that's really a very large decrease, obviously. Uh, in mood stabilizers, the reduction in crime rates was less, and it was really in, in, in the patient group with bipolar disorder. And that's interesting because that's the patient group who, who often are um, prescribed um, mood stabilizers appropriately. So we find these, these, these large reductions, it seems, irrespective of diagnosis for antipsychotics, but in, uh, in mood stabilizers, it seem to be the uh, individuals with a bipolar disorder who, who um, uh, had, had the associations with the re- redu- reductions in crime rates. Just remind us of the drugs again uh, we're talking so about. So their antipsychotics and mood stabilized antipsychotics would be uh, medications like clozapine, spiridone, olanzapine. Um, and mood stabilizers would be um, lithium, sodium valparator, the are very well-known mood stabilizers, and they also include medications like carbamazepine, and, and there are some other ones as well. The other thing we did is that... Um, we, in a series of sensitivity analyses, we looked at different outcomes, and um, we also looked at whether it was um, there was a dose-response effect. So higher higher drug doses um, uh, did, did that um, was that associated with higher reductions, uh, greater reductions in crime, and they were. So there was a dose-response effect, um, and we found. Um, similar findings in in the sensitivity analysis where we looked at any crimes, suspicions for crimes, so um, people who are arrested but they're not um, convicted, um, and less severe crimes, so non-violent crimes. So the similar rates of of violence reduction for antipsychotics remained um, across these different outcomes. What are the implications of these findings? There are some interesting questions I can think of, which maybe we can come to in a minute, but what do you conclude? The major implications is that um, these these medications do seem to, I mean, they, they are associated with an important um, reduction in, the, in a, um, a real-world outcome. The violent crime is, you know, of huge public health importance um, and huge importance to patients I mean, um, and, their, and their families and obviously the victims and their families. So we have good evidence here that these medications do seem to affect something really important. And, and I think related to that, I think, is, 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 is an optimistic message possibly about the fact that to some extent and possibly even to a large extent, violence is preventable in patient groups. And I think that's an important, uh, important message. It, it may also influence clinical decision-making, particularly you know, around decisions um, relating to maintaining people on these medications or even starting them. That, you know, this, this is an important piece in the jigsaw when one, one's weighing up the um, risks and benefits of, 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 of people on these medications. I think that's one main implication. The other implication, I didn't talk about this before, is that we found that with the mood stabilizers, um, our results suggest that they should be used slightly differently than they're currently being used. And um, what happens a lot now in, in psychiatric patients is that you add a mood stabilizer to an antipsychotic when you're concerned about aggression or hostility. And we didn't actually find that adding a mood stabilizer um, 
uh, reduce the risk any further. So that would suggest to us that um, that 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 common practice isn't really supported by uh, by, by, by by the evidence. And I suppose the third thing is that mood stabilizers should be used at least when one's concerned about risk, violence risk. They should be used with patients with with bipolar disorder diagnoses, and not maybe for for, for a wider group of people where, where I think it's. There is some overprescription of of uh, um, mood stabilizers to non-patient groups. Two thoughts from laymen like myself. One would be, what do you think the the implications are, particularly con- concerning duration of time that people are are taking antipsychotics? Because one of the maybe a bit simplistic uh, implications would be that if people are coming off antipsychotics, then obviously they're going they're going to be at an increased risk of of violent behaviour and crime. And my second layman's perspective would be, is there actually a potential benefit of some people being possibly inappropriately given antipsychotics because if they are at risk for whatever reason of violent or criminal behaviour, they could benefit? They're two difficult questions. In terms of duration of time, I think, I mean, I suppose what what this study does is it, it adds another, you know, just some more evidence to make these decisions are often quite complex because clearly these 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 medications um they they're also associated with um with with other side effects including there's a lot of concern about diabetes type 2 diabetes and 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 another um, side effects to do with um, physical health. Patients sometimes don't like to take them, and and um, and so th- this is something to weigh up in 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 that rather complex decision that people have to make about when and if to 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 stop medication. What it does, though, is that if if people are at high risk of of, uh, of violence because of previous behaviour or um, possibly other risk factors, then I think it would make you more cautious about. A sudden reduction, um, or if you are going to reduce the the antipsychotics, maybe to to think about other interventions, which might be psychological therapies, which may may help deal with um, any consequences, you know, to do with impulsivity, hostility, anger, um, maybe reusing um, illegal drugs and um, abusing alcohol. So it may be that other interventions can. Um, be be brought in at that point. So I mean, I think that's that's one thing that um, to consider in in relation to antipsychotics. In terms of benefits to to uh, to patient groups or individuals who who where, where there aren't clear indications for antipsychotics. I mean, I think that's a very difficult question. And I think there are patient groups where um, antipsychotics can be used for short periods of time, particularly where people have very stressful um, experiences and, and suffer quite high levels of anxiety, for instance. So, yeah, you can think of post-traumatic stress disorder being one diagnosis where antipsychotics are used, um, some very forms, severe forms of anxiety and depression. What seems to be the case uh, in, in, in North America, UK, and also in Sweden, where we look precisely, is that antipsychotics are also used to people without any diagnosis whatsoever. And I suppose the question there is, is why is that the case and, and for what reason? And are, are are, are doctors treating symptoms rather than illnesses, and, and if so, what symptoms um, do do these medications work best for? And it seems, from 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 our study, that, you know, that that's a very important area to look at. I mean, are there certain symptom profiles which respond very well to antipsychotics, which aren't to do with psychosis, so aren't to do with delusions or hallucinations, but actually things like impulsivity, hostility, anger 
that people um, have some benefit from use of these these medications. And that 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 is another area where our, our study would would suggest more research needs to be done. Indeed. Well, it's a really interesting study there. I'm sure it's going to be discussed quite widely. So pleasure talking to you again. That's Dr. Sina Fazel on the line from the University of Oxford. Thanks uh, once again for talking to The Lancet. Thank you.